0: ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.
2: Somebody, please, think of the children!
1: Why were there six sounds right when I hit start recording?
2: I know. And I'm just like
1: <laughs> train, uh, some weird ass knocking on my wall.
2: <laughs> meanwhile, I have like someone mowing like directly out my window and it's <sighs> I can't hear it. Thank God. I mean you yeah, might yeah. when you when we like levelated, but like it, oh, That's it's annoying. Fine. Uh, <laughs> welcome back to Little Cuts, <laughs> our weekly mini where we dig into things that we've been watching and or playing recently. I'm Terry. Yee.
1: I'm Mary Beth. This week we're talking a new screen life film, a creepy new book, a satanic true crime docu series, the game with the giant Vilf, um, and the melty goodness of our next Ots remake. Wow, 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 wow! I, I, don't,
2: I don't know why this is just gonna. It's just gonna be our our Ots thing. I don't. I don't know.
1: I like it. Okay, before we, like, talk about things we've been really enjoying, I just want to tell you, Terry, that I started watching Servant this weekend with my mom, and it's really fucking good. Oh,
2: isn't it so good? It's
1: so weird, and it's so good. Like, my mom, who is, like, not a big horror person, and she's a little bit picky, she couldn't stop watching it. Like, the first episode, she was like, I don't know, this is really weird. I'm like, I'm watching it. She's like, all right, let's watch it. And we watched four episodes, three episodes in like one day. And she was like, wow, this is really interesting. I'm like, see? So, I'm on the train. I now that I'm home. I have to now. I have to fucking pay for Apple TV because she has it, <laughs> and now I'm gonna get it. And they got me. But a lot. They've actually got some really good
2: shows. They really do.
1: So I'm 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 willing to pay for it because I want to watch Ted Lasso too. But I just want to let you know that I finally wa- I'm finally starting Servant. I knew you would appreciate it. I'm I knew so that Joe, excited. Joe will also appreciate it. So, guys, Servant's fucking cool. So I, you should watch it.
2: And I'll tell you, it o- it only gets better. It only gets better.
1: It's fucking <laughs> weird. I like can't stop watching. It I'm is.
2: Like, it is such a weird show, but it's so it's so fucking watchable. Oh, so weird.
1: Anyway, I just want. To, I knew that you'd be very excited about this. I'm
2: so excited.
1: <laughs> so, what is this satanic true crime docu series? It sounds exciting.
2: <laughs> okay, okay, but that's I
1: is the opposite of
2: exciting. <laughs> well, okay. I've only watched the first episode. It's called Fall River. And it's okay. coming to Epics. It starts on Sunday okay. on Epics from Blumhouse. And I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure what I think about this show yet. Wait, like I
1: Blumhouse said, said docu series.
2: Yeah, they're they're doing this oh, um cool. this docu series with with Epics. I don't. I don't know how I feel about it yet. It feels. It's kind of icky. Well, it's about a very icky subject <laughs> matter, but it's also. It, it feels a little. Mm, sensationalist in some ways. Oh,
1: is it one of those that like, kind of exploitative? I'm afraid. Things?
2: I'm afraid it's going to be one of those. Uh, so it it takes place in 1979 in Fall River, Massachusetts, which is where 100 years prior Liz, the Lizzie Borden murders happened. Has oh. absolutely nothing to do, at least so far, with the story. But it's it is a, a point that they bring up in this in this docu series. Hmm. And three young women were murdered in 1979, and it opens up on a kind of dramatic reenactment of the cops finding one of the women's bodies. And I'm not going to say what happened to the woman because it is absolutely gross and disgusting. But she was murdered okay. viciously, and. Then it kind of launches into this idea Around satanic panic Of that era And they're saying that it's a ritualistic uh. murder That there's cults involved That it's satanism The guy you know him immediately Holy shit we're going to leave this in because I have been trying to capture <laughs> on my phone because I I feel like people don't necessarily understand the kind of shit that I have to deal with. And that is as loud. That is that is what I have That's to deal one with. That's
1: the loudest ones I've ever heard, too. Typically, like when I like-
2: hear it, I mute that. But like I was in the middle of conversation, A conversation, conversating,
1: Co- conversating, conversating,
2: <laughs> conversating, uh, OK, so they... <laughs> They established right away that, that this 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 guy that was a pimp, they were all at least I, I believe they were all sex workers. He was okay. they, they established this man as as their pimp and also as a Satanist. And he is currently or at least I I, I don't know. I haven't looked into what is happening now but this first episode he is in jail for for the crimes and it sets up all of this talk about like establishing connections between the the victims and him and then it ends Mm. with kind of trying to pull the rug out from under you but the music in it is very bombastic i don't like that they're using i never like it when shows use reenactments because you never can tell if the rest of the footage that they use in it is real or if it's still a reenactment it kind of gives it a kind of cinematic vibe that i don't really vibe with for what it's telling so i'm not 100 percent sure how I feel about it, but it could also be trying to sensationalize this because Satanic Crimes were sensationalized at that time. So I don't know if it's leaning into that and it's going to change. I don't know. Okay. I'm not 100% sure how I feel about it. I'm reviewing it with Joe Lipsit. Okay. And we'll see how it goes. But there's four episodes. First one premieres Sunday on Epic. So if you still have Epics after you signed up for St. Maude, if if you signed up for it earlier, you can, I, I guess, maybe watch this but i don't know if i recommend it quite yet
1: <laughs> okay okay uh, interesting yeah interesting
2: so i know what this screen life film is and i want to hear your thoughts on it so what did you watch
1: okay so i watched the new screen life film called profile it is directed by timur Bekmambetov. Bekmambetov. Mm-hmm. he is a director he did film he's a russian director he's done films like night watch and day watch but also he is a huge part of the screen life like sub-genre of found footage which is films like unfriended searching he produced like basically almost all of the most recent screen life films so he's mm-hmm. had a lot to do with its growth and now he is this is his first time directing a screen life film called profile which was originally shown at the berlin international film festival in 2018 and now it's finally getting distribution and it is about a young journalist named amy whitaker who kind of desperately in trying to grab a story for a big publication she decides to kind of go undercover to meet a isis recruiter and learn about how exactly that they lure women Like young women to come to Syria to be a part of ISIS. And, you know, I was fully expecting a very exploitative movie that is very much like Middle Easterners are bad, like terrorism, Muslims are terrorists, blah, blah, blah. And actually, it's rather careful with the subject matter. There are some parts where I think so. I think there are definitely parts where it falls into that whole like, ISIS is you know, look, look how bad ISIS is and showing these, like, really... not They don't show the full videos, but they definitely, you know, show Facebook videos of uh, members of ISIS torturing people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But I think what this film does well is kind of portrays the nuance of these situations and doesn't necessarily excuse the actions of... Bel- Bel- Belial is the recruiter that she meets on Facebook. And he's played really amazingly by Shassad Latif. He... <laughs> he brings an empathy to the character where you can like kind of empathize with him but it doesn't ever forgive him for what he's doing I think it shines a light more on like these are people with motivations they're not necessarily good motivations but they are human beings and I think it tries really hard to strike that balance I think it's not always successful because it is such a <laughs> exploitative subject matter but I was really surprised with that and it's one of the first screen life horror screen life horror and scare quote films that is really rooted in like a current events issue and really tries to shed light on the use of the internet within these current events and but also not even just about current events but also all about online performances and identities and the ways that we kind of curate our own personas and create these personas online, both as Amy is creating this fake person who is a young convert to Islam and how, you know, Belial is trying to manipulate her to come to Syria to join ISIS. And, but it also just has a lot to you know, talking about these weird digital relationships we form and what they look like and how boundaries get blurred and i think it's just a really fascinating look at that in general and uh, examination of you know the creation of online personas which i feel like we can kind of i mean i could kind of identify with that because obviously like by no means are am i well known but like with twitter and the podcast and being a writer like it's kind of interesting to think about like the persona you cultivate online versus Mm -hmm.
2: who you really are.
1: And I try really hard to be authentic, but it's still a person. Like it's, I don't share everything. Right. Absolutely. Exactly. So it's really interesting just to see that kind of played out in the film all through like her computer screen. So I really enjoyed it actually. I think it is a lot of people are calling it the best screen life film that's ever that you know, so far. I still love Unfriended. I think Unfriended is amazing, but they're Mm -hmm. such different films. Like Unfriended is a horror movie and this is more like grounded in current events so it's hard to compare them
2: is it suspenseful
1: yes okay they have jump scares in it that are really interesting like and how they use notifications to give you jump scares and like kind of provide twists i think there is a lot of tension and it's surprising how much tension that it creates through like her really quick clicking around on the screen or like how these notifications pop up when you don't expect them to, I don't know. It's, it is really, it's actually very, you know, skillful in that building tension because okay, it's hard cool. with those kinds of films. So yeah, I recommend it. I think it's really a fascinating new addition to Screen Life films and yeah.
2: I was, I was curious about it, I, but I wasn't, I I didn't want to request it because I was, I was afraid that I was going to have to like write negatively about, you know, its, its stereotypes or if, if there were stereotypes. So I'm glad to hear that that it it kind of handles that subject matter a little bit more tenderly than I was kind of afraid that it was going to. So that's, that's good.
1: Yeah. I was also really worried about that. So again, by no means perfect, but Mm -hmm. way better than I could have expected. So yeah, good. And then before we talk about the video game that we've been both playing, (laughs) I just want to give a shout out to this book called the lost village that Daxi Bobbin posted about on, um, on Twitter. This is by Camilla Sten. It's Swedish. And it it it's described as the Blair Witch Project meets Midsummer, and it definitely is so far. I have not finished it, but it's it's riveting. It's definitely one of those books that I wasn't able to stop reading when I start I wasn't able to put down. It is about a documentary crew who goes to a lost a village that was lost, that, you know, one day everyone disappeared except for one body they found and a baby who was alive. Yeah and it is fascinating it is like reading a found footage movie kind of it's oh, really cool. interesting it's interesting
2: yeah i saw i saw dax tweet about it and i added it to my amazon list as well i haven't haven't ordered it yet because um i'm currently reading a stephen king book for a podcast so like i was i'm trying to like focus on on that but i he got me to 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 be interested in it
1: it's really good i recommend it too i've been doing more reading recently which has been great because i've kind of been on a slump with that
2: yeah i'm hoping uh because i'm i'm back at, at the office and everything is locked down i've been reading the Stephen King book at lunchtime. And I'm like, Oh, maybe this is how I can actually get back into reading because it's been it's been so long since I've like actually sat down and read. And so I have a couple books lined up. And this is one of them that I'm going to I think I'm going to start digging into at lunchtime. So I'm excited to hear that it's good.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a page turner. I'm reading it on my Kindle. So page turner and scare quotes, but (laughs) right. Okay. All right. This is the big thing that I am excited to talk about with you.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I am afraid I have somewhat of a hot take in this game, and that oh, I think oh, the first oh. five hours are really good, and then I think it kind of nosedives dives and mm, goes back okay. to the issues that plagued five and six of the Wait, series. Did we say were talking
1: about Resident Evil Village. Oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> We are talking about Resident Evil Village, everybody. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, jeez.
1: So, just just to start off, Terry has finished the game. Mm-hmm. I have not. I am in the middle of the third lord of the village Mm -hmm. so i'm about i'm about five hours five and a half hours in yeah yeah (laughs) but so i okay i can't say i agree with you yet but i i see where you're coming from
2: Mm -hmm. i mean okay i think the first the first okay so the first place the the castle with the The vampire lady that we all want to fuck i I think is 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 really good i i I don't feel that it's as good as the kind of houses that they've established in the past with
1: oh really particularly
2: resident evil seven but i think it's Hmm. really good and meaty i really had a lot of fun with that i think the next zone with uh bennett (gasps) Viento Manor is probably the most terrifying oh. thing Resident Evil has ever done because Mary Beth I literally screamed so I... loud I, I, I just I can't
1: I screamed too a couple times I was sweaty like I was sweaty and like gripping the controller I'm playing with Steve like we're switching controller back and forth because mm-hmm. we both really want to play and it's so it's you know it's easy that way. And I played almost the entire manor and sweaty, mm-hmm. sweaty, tense, like it's it's sort of like
2: oof. the the creators of Resident Evil looked at Outlast and looked at PT and they're like, here, hold my beer and yes. kind of laid out how you you could do a perfectly executed maybe an hour i think is how long it takes to get through that or at least that's i think Ugh, how long it took I'm me so to get through sad about it <laughs> well that's uh, maybe that's oh, my, my complaint be- though. yeah
1: and like it's i steve and i looked at each other like when it was done like the boss fight and i was like are you serious that was it that was the boss fight like after the boss fight at um with Lady Dimitrescu which was like pretty epic in scale I thought like it's big it's kind of intense it wasn't necessarily difficult but like it's a it's like you know a big crazy fight on a, a castle this one was disappointing it felt so anticlimactic
2: and that's kind of my complaint as we're going forward. Okay. and so I'll be curious to hear when you guys finish it, your thoughts on the last half of it. And obviously, I'm okay. not going to spoil anything. I just I feel that the amount of time we spend in the first uh, two areas, like the village area and the uh, um, the the castle, is meaty, and then it just feels like it feels like you've been exploring is a, a theme park, and then you just get on one of the automated rides and then it just goes and you're like oh yep there's there's that oh oh yep there's that oh 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 we're we're done and that's yeah. kind of how the rest of the game felt for me and i again no spoilers but the final boss was the most disappointing Experience.
1: Oh no. Okay. Well, I've we'll had a Resident
2: Evil game, so I'm curious to hear oh, what your guys' wow. thoughts are. Yeah. Well,
1: yeah, because like Castle Domitresque I the level design in this. Mm-hmm. I mean, like despite the inconsistency with length, like the castle is gorgeously designed mm. like this game oh, yeah. is beautiful to look at Oh, it's at. stunning it's stunning but the level design I think is really cool um which is why I was disappointed with the with um the Beneviento Manor because I feel like there were so many other things they could have done with it I mean I'm not a game designer so who the fuck knows but it was just so the way the house was laid out was so cool and I wanted more time in it
2: yeah same and that's how I felt about Moreau honestly
1: Okay, so we'll see how far I get into that, but we're fighting a big fish, or we just got a big fish boy. (laughs) But yeah, and I'm really into, like, I know I've heard some people say they don't necessarily like like the creatures, or they're more into, like, the um, the southern gothicness of Seven. I really like this kind of gothic, like... Victorian gothic-y creature feature of the mm-hmm. like, influence of this one. I'm really digging that and, like, the different creature designs. I'm really loving that so far. So, overall, I'm really digging the game. I love the vibe. I think it's really pretty i'm really i'm very compelled by the story like i really want to know what's going on so overall i'm really vibing with it so far so we'll see what happens when we finish it but i am having a great time with it
2: yeah and like i said i'll be curious to hear what your thoughts in the last half because you're about the part where like the scene started to show for me so I'm, i'll okay. be curious okay we'll have to talk about it again
1: <laughs> cool god Beneviento manor
2: oh
0: uh, I'll
2: tell you, I I've been I was playing it, of course, on the PlayStation Five, and they use 3D audio um, uh, if you wear a headphone. Oh, and so I I played odd. the entire game with headphones on. But I'll tell you that part. There is there's this moment, like I, again, we're not going to spoil anything. But there's you're walking around and, and it's dark at one point, and your flashlight is barely illuminating things, and it illuminates something that I was like, what what am I looking at? What what is this thing? What? <gasps> and then it just rushes you and starts cackling and oh
1: my god oh that's got (sighs) pt vibes that's got if i think it's the part where you're talking about with the dark hallway Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. it's
1: it's got major pt vibes Mm -hmm. all i'll say but i was very happy about that and also terrified but
2: oh it was so good it was so good
1: good I mean, I just want a whole game based on that. Yeah, <laughs> PT, seriously. Basically. Like, I just want to play PT. <laughs> I just Ugh. want to play Silent Hills.
2: <laughs> Rip.
1: But I think it's. I mean, I think it's worth
2: playing. Yeah, it's not a bad game. <laughs> even even though I'm like not sold on the last half, it's not a bad game. It, you're going to yeah. get enjoyment out of it. I just.
1: It's definitely easier than any Resident Other Resident Evil. Game oh my I gosh, played. I have
2: had so much ammo until the very last level. Right.
1: So, okay, I will fully admit that we're playing casual because I wanted to focus on the story. And, like, Mm -hmm. I am, like, that kind of person. And I was like, I want to focus on the story. I don't want it to be super challenging. So I was like, we'll just do casual. But Jesus Christ, like, we died... (laughs) only a couple times and we've had no problem with ammo so, yeah but then I've heard it's the thing with like all the, with the other difficulties too like it's not just
0: yeah casual.
2: standard wasn't so. standard wasn't that difficult like I was I was, I was contemplating picking casual but the only reason I didn't was that I in the demo I'd switched to casual and I didn't like that the aim assist was literally bringing it to their head so like
1: yeah <laughs> it's very nice but also just like it feels a little bit like I'm cheating
2: <laughs> and so I was like well okay I'm gonna try it on I'll Try it on on standard because I believe you could turn down the difficulty at any time, and I I literally had no problem. I had ammo the entire time. I, I died maybe a handful of times. um Yeah, it's not that so, difficult. But
1: no, and the inventory management isn't also like as pain in the ass as it, it has really been isn't. It wasn't it's until not. like
2: I think three fourths of the game that I was like, oh, I don't have room in my inventory. I got to move things around. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we had, we're, we had like, a brief moment of that, but then, like, we kept just buying more space.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, the Duke! Shout out to the Duke. I love the Duke. I do, too. I love the shopkeep. He's great. He's great. But, yeah, Resident Evil 8, I'm loving it so far. Awesome. Again, I haven't played a video game. I haven't really played, like, an actual video game besides, <laughs> excuse me, Stardew Valley in a while. So it's been nice to kind of stretch those muscles again.
2: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So back to the odds remakes. <laughs> what did we watch this week, Mary Beth?
1: We watched the 2005 remake of House of Wax, directed by Juame Colet Sarah, mm-hmm. who did Orphan.
2: And the Shallows.
1: Oh, that's ready to do the shallows. But yeah, we watched House so of Wax.
2: So I've seen this before. It so I'm curious what What were your thoughts watching this, like, what, sixteen years after it came out?
1: Okay. it needed <laughs> to be shorter. Oh, really? I thought it needed to be shorter. I th- I thought the beginning was kind of boring. I think they took too much time to establish the characters in the town. I know it's I mean, it wasn't terrible, but I was like,, uh, this could like be a little bit tighter. But once they got into the house of wax, that shits mean right (laughs) like they just jump right into killing these characters in like really nasty ways too but jared paladecki's character is like (laughs) like immediately like as soon as the shit starts popping off like he's ganked but then he's like you see them make him into a wax figure and then his friend finds him and peels off his cheek and i'm like
2: (gasps) like and keeps peeling it, it off, trying to make it better.
1: Oh, keeps peeling it off, and then it just like exposes his teeth, and it is just nasty pants. It it's mean. It's mean.
2: And then our our final goer gets her finger snipped off. Like,
1: oh, like, and like she immediately gets captured. Gets her finger snipped off. Gets her lips glued shut, and has mm-hmm. to rip them open, which is fucking nasty. I really, I, I dug it. I don't think I liked it as much as I thought I was going to. I think it was a little long, um, like I said. But like the most, the most early two thousands cast: Alicia Cuthbert as Carly Jones, the final girl; Paris Hilton as her friend; Chad Michael Murray as mm. the final girl's twin, mm. bad boy twin; Jared Padde- Padalecki as the final girl's kind of douchebag boyfriend. I mean,
2: John Abraham's who was in Scary Movie as Dalton. Right.
1: The music. Is just
2: oh my god! Early two
1: thousands, amazing.
2: The cut to Minerva by Deftones. I was like, oh. yeah, <laughs> this is oh. the music I love, and I love that it was just throwing out alt rock hit after alt rock. Oh my god! So ends with good. My Chemical Romance. Like, oh, give me this shit.
1: I, I really, I, I, I had, I had fun with it. It's mean as hell. I didn't realize how mean it was. I kind of love the part where Paris is running around trying to escape and like it's he's jabbing through the grates. Like Mm. I think there are some really interesting like some cool kills and the fact that all of the people aren't just killed but like turned into wax figures and the whole town is populated with wax figures and then when they're done when some of them die like the end everything's melting which was so fucking cool. And the ending with the melting house was so fucking rad. They're like dying inside of these like gross wax prisons which is so fucked up
2: it really is oh my it's God. it's so fucked up from the moment that wade gets his achilles tendon s- snapped uh... to the way that unfortunately i i have a lot of like thoughts about how they uh, kind of abused paris hilton in this movie and
1: yes oh yes 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 yes
2: i that that kind of really kind of bothered me watching it back now as like 16 years removed from it because i i remember the time when it was like basically the the advertisement was based around come see paris hilton get killed like they were leaning into this and it was it's I didn't really think about it at the time, but like looking back on it now, I'm like, that this, the advertising around this was really gross. The way that they kind of leaned into the the filming aspect of of like her sexual conquest with her boyfriend, the just the whole, it just, it felt really mean spirited to her, not necessarily to her character, but to her in particular.
1: Yeah. Well, and like, you know, she's the only other female character. She's got long blonde hair. She is like shown multiple times giving her boyfriend like roadhead and mm. like making out with him. Yeah, she's and going for
2: her lipstick. Yeah. Oh God.
1: But like, yeah, I I know what you mean. I was pleasantly surprised. I thought she was actually pretty good. I've never really seen her act and I was mm-hmm. like, oh but she's a she's an actor i did not like the whole like watch paris die thing it's just like kind of plays into that whole misogyny of the early 2000s where like yeah she's a rich girl and like yeah there's some like weird capitalistic things we could talk about with her as like a trust fund kid but the violence that everyone was like kind of encouraging towards her is fucked up and like the sensationalizing yeah. of her and like using her as a marketing tool and being like look at paris like all sexy and then watch her get murdered like ew
2: yeah <laughs> it's a little gross Ew. it's really like, kind of uncomfortable to watch the right? other thing is like oh my god Chad Michael Murray he is hes so attractive to me and the oh, kind of like douchey on the surface but like heart of gold underneath is like something that young gay Terry in 2005 <sighs> was like huh I would do anything for
0: him <laughs>
1: I would do anything for Chad. That's and all I, would I have to And do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> also, I do think that, that Dalton and him have definitely fooled around at some point in the movie, like before the movie started. There's like sexual tension between the two of them. I'm just saying.
1: I was going so to mention how like this, this is a quintessential early 2000s like talking about two dudes having sex with each other as like an insult. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but they totally they totally got high and fooled around at some point. I know that they have. That's in my head canon. The way he looks at his his poor friend at the very end and it (laughs) breaks his neck off. It's like it it had like puppy dog eyes looking at him. That was not that is not something that just friends have. I'm sorry, there was something more there. But I think there was also something more unfortunately between him and his sister. Like their chemistry. The chemistry I, was a little kind of gross.
1: But I also love that there's a final girl and a final boy. Yeah. Like, I'm so, I was so into that. Because I'm like, have become more, like, interested in the concept of the final boy contrasted to the final girl. And mm-hmm. so I think it's so cool. Yeah, this was really rad. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Another Good. one of those, like, early two thousand like, those odd slasher remakes that people don't give enough credit I mean, yeah. like it's kind of cheesy, but it's fucking cruel. I like once it gets going, man, it's good as hell. And I mean, so. you, you
2: can't beat that melting house. I mean, like,
1: oh my god, Terry, the melting house was everything. Oh my god, it was so fucking cool. Like I've ne- like you've never seen that shit before, unless you've seen the original, which I haven't. So if I'm wrong,
2: no, I don't. Whoops. I don't. I'm not hundred percent sure that that happened in that either I've actually never that's one of i was talking with Joe earlier this week that's actually one of the uh the originals that i've I've never seen I've never seen that original mm. House of wax but um I, I i mean a lot of people say that this movie is is more of a a remake of a uh, tourist trap than it is house of wax mm okay like I feel like and I, I yeah, mean, so, I can I, I can kind that. of see it, yeah, I, I mean that. yeah, I, it's it's decent. I think it's it's okay,
1: <laughs> but yeah, if anything, watch House of wax for the fucking like climactic moment mm. of the melting house, and like, oh my so God, good. it was so cool. I was like, holy shit, this how also when you think about the the logistics of making an entire a literal house out of wax,
2: right, Well, and I, I was trying to think was like. Work. Where was the set, and at what point does it melt in the summer?
1: <laughs> like
2: these are okay, the thoughts going through my head. Thank you.
1: I was also thinking that. I'm like, how does the electricity work? Does, how does it not melt in the summer? Like, yeah, obviously the fire is going to melt it, but like if it's hot, and obviously it, they said it was, it was winter time, and they mm-hmm. were all in tank tops and shit, so like it was not cold yeah how's the, the insulation there's <laughs> <laughs> so many questions about like things that don't matter but i'm just like how in the hell is this a functional home right and the bed <laughs> the bed's made out of wax i don't <laughs> mean maybe they, they don't stay there maybe it's more of like a tourist attraction but still anyway so two for two
2: yeah not bad so Speaking of two for two, we might not be two. three for three next week. But <laughs> what are we watching uh, for next? Uh, our next aughts exploration.
1: I'm com- I am completing the trifecta by. We are watching. We are. <laughs> <laughs> Completing the Black Christmas trifecta, we are watching 2006's Black Xmas. Uh, I have heard nothing but bad things about this movie, but Michelle Trachtenberg is in it, and so is Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Winstead, so you know, I'm pretty pumped on it.
2: <laughs> I haven't seen this movie since I saw it with my brother on Christmas Day in the movie theater. When oh
1: it, my god, amazing! Yeah,
2: so I'm. I'll be curious to revisit it because um. Yeah, I've also heard nothing but bad things. But you know, sometimes there's get to get to revisit things, and all of a sudden, you know, we like to reevaluate the old stuff. Also,
1: I feel like watching, like I'm watching these now instead of having seen them before and having that distance. Probably is Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's helpful or not. But like I'm appreciating them. Like I can see the obviously can see the issues and like very much early 2000s stuff. But I'm enjoying them. Yeah. Like, I think there was a lot of really cool ideas. I think they were really me These movies are mean in a mm-hmm. way that, we talked about this with The Hills Have Eyes, in a way that modern horror is not anymore. It's not yeah. as gory and fucked up. And I I like those risks. Those risks are really cool. And, you know, maybe they didn't pay off in the moment. But you can't deny the creativity of those movies. Like, yes, right. they're remakes, but, like, holy shit. Like, they, these directors were really, like, doing the best doing the most and i appreciate that 100 yeah
2: and from what i remember black x is also very mean-spirited so uh those are two of the
1: loudest to instances. my
2: existence
1: <laughs> oh my god does that happen at night when you're trying to sleep
2: yeah cool
1: Have yeah you in your neighborhood sucks shit
2: <laughs> yes
1: like who does that <sighs> oh terry i'm so sorry
2: Welcome to rural America.
1: <laughs> Wait, p- polo hills have eyes, and just like put barbed wire or like. Oh
2: <laughs> my god! You know <laughs>
1: that's fucked up. I'm sorry, that's fucked up.
2: No, the thought has crossed my uh, my mind it's because, like, you don't understand how obnoxious it is. <laughs> constant. This you is a constant put, thing.
1: Put one of those annoying signs in your front yard that say "Drive like your children live here."
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> a house, two houses down has that
1: okay my grandparents said that because they live on a similar road where like somehow people race down it i'm like what are you doing like why what is what is the benefit anyway people are rude
2: yeah very rude um
1: (laughs) pivoting to a happier note terry who are we talking to on monday
2: well this is both a happy and a sad note (laughs) (laughs) It's happy because we are talking to writer and podcaster Brian Christopher, who we love. Mm -hmm. And he brought with us um, or what brought with him the never ending story, which is (laughs) we finally
1: watched it because I know that that's
2: a big one. Jesus Christ, (laughs) y'all! This conversation, we major sad, sad girl vibes. Like this, yeah, sad girl vibes for sure. This is, um, you know, we we had a couple really funny episodes, and this one is definitely uh, (laughs) a little bit more on the the sobering, sad type. But it's a it's a great episode, regardless.
1: It's a great great discussion. It's just like.
2: We it's also sing that
1: the never ending story song quite a few times.
2: Oh, it's true. It's
1: the never ending story. Tell me what you see. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Anyway. So listeners, you've heard from us, but we want to hear from you. I like how we Did just get super it? serious. I know. <laughs> so you've heard from us. <laughs> Did you watch a film we talked about this week? Did you read a book that we talked about? Did you play a video game that we talked about? And have some thoughts? Uh, do you have suggestions for our next OTS film? Send us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com or reach out to us directly on Twitter. I'm at mb McGanders.
2: And I'm at Gailey Dreadful.
1: And of course, don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at Scarred podcast.
2: And please, 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 please go rate and subscribe and review and I said that all out of order and it confused me but we got there
1: (laughs) um thank you to Eric Power for our artwork thank you to Sean Keller for our music thank you everybody for listening please stay safe out there but most importantly stay creepy
2: and until next time
0: a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else, unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you small-town dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.COM